Welcome to The Heavy with Andrew and Don, where we cover a wide range of rock and metal topics for the casual listener. I'm your host, Don Sutherland. With me, as always, is my brother, Andrew Sutherland. What's up, dirtbags? All right, Andrew, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the new wave of British heavy metal. All right, let's get into it. For some reason, I thought, I thought you were supposed to ask me what the main topic was, but you already asked me. <laughs> Sorry, that. I already, I already asked you. Uh, but you know what? When I was opening the beer, I forgot to listen. British new wave. <laughs> what is it again? New wave of British heavy metal. New wave of British heavy metal. All right. <laughs> so, Andrew. Luckily, our brother wave. Ian is an amazing editor. <laughs> there you go. Cut the saw out, Ian. <laughs> new All wave right, so, British heavy metal. So yeah, it's it's also known by the acronym, which is super cumbersome, the NWO BHM. So we'll, we'll probably not, refer to it. It's not flow. <laughs> we'll probably refer to it as, in its entirety most of the time. Here. All right. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the new wave of British heavy metal was a music scene that came out of the UK in the late 70s and into the early 80s. Okay. So I, I want to emphasize that the new wave of British heavy metal was a scene and not a genre. So the bands and music that came out of it, uh, they helped inspire various different genres, such as thrash metal, speed metal, doom metal, black metal, glam metal, power metal, so all sorts of different types of metals. Okay. So I want to concentrate mostly on the 1978 to 1982 period because depending on who you talk to, uh, they might extend the, the, the period of the scene a couple of years later. And there are like, there's a lot of good music that came out after 1982, but the a lot of the purists believe that that was the main period. Those, yeah, uh, what are the purists period. now? Yeah, Whatever. well... Quite Wait, a bit, so, actually. Quick, quick question. <laughs> yeah, usually that means they're probably an expert. Um, what is British Invasion then? Is that punk? Uh, British Invasion was that was like more in the '60s, wasn't it? Wasn't that the Beatles? Hmm. Like the Maybe. Beatles and Stones and stuff. I uh, I should be more informed than that. Okay, never mind. Unrelated topic. <laughs> you're you're the classic rock DJ, man. Uh, I don't know. I <laughs> so just like, listen to the music. <laughs> I don't I don't learn about it. So yeah. Uh, so similar to punk in the mid '70s that. Punk was responding to the economic and social issues of the time. Okay. Uh, the new wave of British heavy metal came about uh, in, a, in a period of economic hardship, and there was a really high unemployment because it was following three years of a recession in the UK. So it led to a lot of young people uh, to forming bands because th- this was uh, both as a possible source of income and also just to hang out with a group of like-minded individuals during a hard time, you know? Yeah. Okay. So this this scene consisted mostly of young working class white males, uh, and unlike the often political messages of punk, the new wave of British heavy metal themes were usually more fantastical and escapist, or about the rock lifestyle itself. So okay. they weren't. Yeah, it, it was a little different in that way from from. So punk, like key. But... So like key thing is it's escapist. It's escape escapism. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, more like escape from reality kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the music took elements of the hard rock metal of the early 70s and then combined them with that do-it-yourself mentality and the aggression of punk from the mid-70s. Okay. So some of the, say, the more classic rock influences that these bands would have been drawing from were, like, obviously Sabbath, uh, bands like Montrose, UFO, Judas Priest, uh, Thin Lizzy, ACDC, Rainbow, uh, all this material from earlier in the 70s. 
right. and then uh, by definitely 19- the heavier stuff. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, this is also, you know, the early seventies was that the, when things started to get like it was all big stadium stuff and long drawn out guitar solos and like overcomplicated mm-hmm. songs and like double albums, triple albums, all that crap. It got so, very I mean, that, like prog, prog rock, prog uh, metal, very convoluted, of. right? So, but yeah. by seventy six or so, nineteen seventy six or so, some of the new wave of British heavy metal bands such as Iron Maiden and Saxon were starting to form in a bit of a fledgling state. Okay. I actually uh, have never heard of Saxon. What are they? What song are they known for? Saxon? Well, yeah, I, I don't know Saxon. I mean, we'll talk about them a little more later. But like the the album that I have, Saxon's, that was my favorite. It was called uh, Power and the Glory, and I have it on vinyl. And I believe it was like their fourth or fifth album. Something. It's it's a from '83, I believe. Okay. But they uh, but they had a bunch of stuff before that. Like they were they were one of the first new wave of British heavy metal bands. So they, in that scene, they're very well known, and they're still pretty well known in the hard rock world. But they don't really have any songs that get played on the radio, like say on your station or in yeah, um, okay. Canadian classic that, rock radio. So that's probably the the disconnect. It doesn't have they don't have like the hits that you're gonna hear just sort of every day. But they yeah, are, they're kind of like the odd. They're kind of like the odd man out. So like, yeah, I, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to it a little bit later. But uh, going back to like the the crossover, comparing it to punk. So just as punk was a response to counter the drawn-out self-indulgent rock of the early 70s the metal scene had similar ideas thinking that musical talent wasn't so important and that basically anybody who had any musical ability at all could form a band so instead of like okay spending years and years crafting their abilities they were just like like yeah i can slam out a few notes in guitar and they're just like that's why just a ton of bands started forming at the time okay everyone was just going for it yeah, and and like that's why it, it has some similarities to punk because punk was like that where like they didn't care if you had, uh, you know, talent or great songs. You know, you just you just did it. So the, the visual characterization of this scene would have been long hair as opposed to like the short spiky hair of the punks at the time. Uh, right. Long hair, denim, and leather basically, and uh, okay. a lot of denim jackets with like tons of obscure band patches on them. Okay, so, oh, so that's yeah. where it started. All right. Yeah, uh, that's, coming that's back today. That's uh, that's the style, depending yeah, on. Yeah, man, you still see you go to metal shows. You still see guys dressed like that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, or you know, hipsters. Yeah, which or, is okay. Yeah, I like not, it. Not, Reclaiming not, it. Yeah, I don't know if they really get the spirit of it, but that's that's okay. Sometimes <laughs> depends on the hipster. Some yeah. do, some don't. Yeah, fair enough. I won't generalize the hipster community. Yeah, we got to be careful who we offend here, man. <laughs> got to leave oh. the, that door open. Yeah, although I don't think it's a big deal about offending hipsters. <laughs> what are they going to do? Throw an IPA at me? Come on. And whip me with their, uh, what was called, man bun? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that might be, that reference might be a couple of years old, but still, the point stands. Those are throw, their, throw their Birkenstocks at me? There you go, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a couple of important names in this uh, new wave of British heavy metal scene were a journalist named Jeff Barton and a DJ named Neil Kay. So after the punk scene had blown up, Neil K got fed up, quit DJing, and he began working as a truck driver. Okay. And one night he ended up going to a rock night at this hall called The Bandwagon in London. And he took an open call for a DJ to come up and help with their rock show, which they did once a week. And it ended up turning into a regular job for him. Oh, okay. So I was reading a, a really good book about the new wave of British heavy metal. It's called Wheels of Steel uh, by Martin Popoff. Okay. And uh, I was reading... There's a lot of quotes in there. He had a quote from Neil Kay telling a story about how the bandwagon got in trouble for having underage kids in on commercial music nights. It's so like pop music and stuff. Right. But they, they had the one night where they had the, the hard rock metal night 
and they didn't end up having the same problem on those nights because it was an older crowd. So they, he ended up having to go to court to uh, defend the license of the bar because of they're getting in trouble for having the underage kids there. Mm-hmm. And the, the judge, just the quote that he gave from the judge, it's like, well, I'll grant you your license on the condition that this form of music takes precedence at least five nights a week. So, so the the judge pretty much mandated that they play metal five nights a week at least. There, so sweet, all right. So like, that, yeah, judge. Right. Yeah, man. So, K uh, K ended up getting pretty much control over the hall after this, and the metal scene in London had a focal point place where headbangers could come hear their music on a regular basis. Yeah, it's funny to hear that decision when it's like Kitty Corner to the Satanic Panic, which was what mid eighties or something, and like right across in the states, it's like. But in Britain, you got judges going like, "You must play this. You, you have to play heavy metal, or we're shutting five, you down." <laughs> five days a week. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So Kay said after this, he had all the seats thrown out, had new rules instilled. No one with a suit or shirt and tie was allowed in. I like that. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's psycho. I like it. <laughs> so going back to Jeff Barton, who we were talking about earlier, he right. was a journalist that worked for a weekly UK newspaper called Sounds, a music newspaper. Okay. And at one point, he wrote a review of an Angel Witch, Iron Maiden, and Saxon show in which the term New Wave of British Heavy Metal, it was first coined. So that, that's where that came from. So that's why okay. his name is so synonymous with this scene, because uh, he basically originated that the name. Right, okay. So they, they were like aware that a movement was happening. Yeah, yeah. this is right when things were starting to get going. And he also, uh, Barton also founded the metal magazine Kerrang, if you've ever heard of it, a couple years later. Kerrang. But yeah, it's a catchy yeah. name. Yeah, it's it's a long-standing metal newspaper or magazine, I guess. I found uh, some footage on YouTube from an old British TV show about new wave of British heavy metal fans, and it showcases the style of the scene and then the advent of the air guitar, which was pretty ridiculous. Like they'd actually make up fake guitar bodies and then bring them to the club and they pretend to play it to the music. And I, I think I at it. one point they're they're getting like entire <laughs> like entire band setups of fake <laughs> instruments i love <laughs> like, it it's so silly and the jam out yeah it's it, was, it got pretty out of hand it's so dramatic but, i i don't know i love every inch of that <laughs> yeah, and, and in in that clip that i watched they had actually show, interviews jeff barton and he's featured in it knocking how far the trend has gone like how oh, ridiculous that's it got. awesome though yeah ah oh, just like like buying into it though that sounds like so much fun Oh, and they show the guys, like, they actually have footage of the, the two of the guys who are right in the middle of it, and it shows them, like, going into the bar and, like, in front of the stage, the speakers with their fake guitars, just, like, headbanging, like, oh, it's, it's awesome. Oh, amazing. It's giving her. <laughs> uh, a ton of bands came out of the scene, a lot of obscure bands, but a, a few, such as Iron Maiden and Def Leppard, they became essentially just household a, names. Just a little, well, it was just a little famous, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, Maiden continued to make metal records throughout their career like they stayed pretty consistent yeah uh, and Def Leppard went on obviously a more mainstream rock pop yeah they... definitely I'm like less of a Def Leppard fan but like I guess I, I respect what they do not not my style well, of that kind of music, if you were to listen to their first couple albums you'd probably have more respect for them because they, they started out in that scene yeah and, I would uh, I, that's, stuff... that's a good point yeah it, it's just the problem is that our mainstream rock radio doesn't play almost any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, like whatever that one big album of theirs is that I don't even remember the name of. Hysteria. It's, yeah, it's like yeah, that one is just... Eh. That's, a, that's a point of contention for me, which we'll talk about in a bit. But, okay. Uh, so another band that was really big coming out of the scene uh, after, say, Maiden and Def Leppard. I mean, I, I, Maiden and Def Leppard are the more mainstream, but as far as metal fans are concerned, probably one of the biggest names to come out was Venom. Okay. 
and they're very instrumental in the origin of black metal and thrash metal. So you can see already the, the difference in the type of music. You know, you compare Venom to, say, Iron Maiden, and they yeah. came out of the same scene, but they're musically very different. I was going to say Venom is, uh, they're, they're one of the ones that started to get a little more, like, satanic Im- imagery, I want to say, or am I thinking of someone else? No, no, yeah, Venom was like super satanic, but but also okay, yeah. they didn't take it too seriously. Right? It was a lot of tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. It was all, like they were they they had, you know, they had a good sense of humor about things. They, they even though they were super over the top, but it yeah. was it was for that purpose, right? Like a for, lot of like a shock value. Right? Like I feel like it was a pretty solid number of those guys that they're all just they're doing it, uh, almost satirically. Like even the, yeah, the lead yeah. singer of is it the lead singer of Slayer? That's like a practicing Catholic. <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah, same like Venom didn't take. I mean, it's not like, you know, we'll get to some other things in later episodes where there are guys that take things like that very seriously. But yeah, yeah, this this yeah. wasn't one of the cases. You know, it was, like you like, said, more satirically than anything. Yeah, but uh, regardless, they were they were still very influential. Um, yeah. Some other notable bands in the new wave of British heavy metal scene were uh, Saxon, as mentioned before, a right. band called Samson. It was actually Bruce Dickinson's band before Iron Maiden stole them from them. Oh, cool. So, a band called Angel Witch, Diamond Head, Tank, Tigers of Pantang, Raven, Witchfinder General, More, (laughs) (laughs) Pagan Altar, Fist, and the list goes on and on and on. (laughs) I like like Witchfinder General. Oh, man, there's there's some great names. Man, like... yeah, there's some ridiculous names too. I'll have a few of those here. Yeah, uh, a couple of the ones that like I have actually heard of, like Diamond Head. I, I know of Diamond Head. You're right that uh, there's a good number of like obscure ones that I imagine probably more known in those circles. Well, but and those like those are some of the more well-known bands. There's like there's a ton okay. of really obscure ones. Yeah. So a few of the bands gained attention later on in the '80s from songs that '80s and '90s, I guess, from songs of theirs that Metallica covered. So on Metallica's Garage Days, re-revisited in the Garage Inc. albums, yeah, they, they covered a whole bunch of new wave of British heavy metal songs. So oh, most notably, okay. they covered uh, Diamond Head songs, uh, It's Electric, right. Helpless, Am I Evil, The Prince, and Sucking My Love. So five songs. Mm. Even like, uh, and I don't know if this is a different experience for other people, but like, I didn't know who the Meat Puppets were until I listened to MTV Live by yeah, Nirvana, Nirvana so. cover. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the same for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also some some of those obscure bands that had some pretty ridiculous names, like uh, there's a band called I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's Baby Tuku. Uh, I don't know. And, then, and okay. I listened to them, and like the music's actually pretty solid, but it's such a strange name. The band called yeah. uh, Dumpy's Rusty Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if a band named the Butthole Surfers can make it, what's wrong with Dumpy's Rusty Nuts? You know? Yeah, that's true. Can, well, uh, the band leader's name was cool. Dumpy, so. Fair enough. Oh, he's talking about his own nuts. Okay. Um, there's another band called Ethel the Frog, which is named straight out of a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> All right. And uh, another band called the Handsome Beasts. So that one's a little more solid. But the, but you should check out their album cover. They have an album called Bestiality, <laughs> and the cover is just like a fat naked dude with a huge pig and like a farm pen. I feel like. <laughs> Let me go to incognito mode to look up the word. <laughs> no, it's bestiality. not. It's not like. It's, it's not like. Uh, it's nothing like that needs to be censored or anything. It's just. I just. Goofy. I just don't. I don't want the word bestiality. Yeah, in my yeah that's true. Just look up the general. band first and then click the links <laughs> instead of just typing bestiality. <laughs> just I highly recommend that. 
Oh, okay. Now I'm learning that this fat guy is just like their mascot. <laughs> he's on all the covers. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing anything wrong with the pig. He's just sitting there. But no, he's hanging out with the pig. But there's another <laughs> one. Uh, it looks like it's called Filthy Something. <laughs> but it's him in a bathtub full of money. <laughs> oh yeah, he's like uh, Eddie from, uh, from Iron Maiden. Yeah, <laughs> just a, a little bit, a little bit different. Oh man. <laughs> Another fun thing that I found, somebody posted a list called 101 Rules of New Wave of British Heavy Metal. And it's it's pretty comical. So it, it's on, uh, it was posted by a user on a site called metalstorm.net. Okay. But I just, uh, I pulled like, what, four rules that are my favorite probably out of it. So the first one, rule number one of the New Wave of British Heavy Metal is the more obscure, the better. Okay. And, <laughs> and then uh, rule number six. When someone asks you what New Wave of British Heavy Metal stands for, or NWOBHM, I guess, tell them something like, the best genre of music ever. Make sure they still don't understand what it means. <laughs> okay. Gaslight them into forgetting yeah. their question. Okay. Uh, 86. Venom's debut is their best work, period. Followed by Rule 87, and possibly the worst produced album ever. Okay. <laughs> and I, I, I love that album, and I 100% agree. It's so terribly produced, but that gives it most of its charm. Like it gives it like it's raw, like a raw quality, right? It's amazing how bad it is, but it's so, it's so good. Um, Just before we get to the workout playlist, I want to just throw in a few little facts that may not matter too much, so much to like the layman, I guess, but that band Sweet Savage, uh, they used to have a guy called, playing guitar for named Vivian Campbell. He was one of the guitarists early on and he would end up leaving in 1983 to join Dio and then later play with both Whitesnake and then Def Leppard. Okay, because legitimately that name also sounded familiar. Which yeah, I Vivian Campbell's lot, that one's legit. Yeah, Vivian Campbell's a pretty big name in like the hard rock world. But he, okay. yeah, originally he was a guitarist for Sweet Savage back in the wow. uh, new wave of British heavy metal. And uh, another little thing to, you know, give credit where credits due. Although mostly a male-dominated scene, uh, did feature a couple of all-female bands. Uh, first, a band called Girl School, and later a band called Rock Goddess. And they're I've heard of solid. Girl School. I've yeah, actually it, heard of Girl School. They had some um, good tunes, so definitely. Yeah, uh, I think maybe from that um, that documentary that I know I know you've seen, uh, Metal a Headbanger's Journey. Oh yeah, they, uh, they, they talk about Girl School. They might great. actually they might actually interview them, but yeah, okay, I know them from there at least. That's I have that DVD somewhere, and it's it's an amazing documentary. Excellent. I gotta pull that out because I I could use that for a lot of a lot of resource for my for my podcast. But it's an excellent documentary. Yeah, like if you're listening, yeah. and you haven't watched Metal a Headbanger's Journey. It's incredible. It's it's great, yeah. He, he's uh he's Canadian too, eh? Stand yeah, man. yeah. Uh, I, a friend of mine uh, saw him like last year in Toronto, just like hanging out at a coffee awesome. shop. Uh, yeah, excellent, excellent. Uh, if you want to see just how dramatic some of those like Norwegian black metal guys get, <laughs> it's like prime example in some of those interviews. Oh yeah, some of them are like they're so serious about it too. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's uh, get to the workout playlist now. Uh, all right, yeah. Let's uh let's get into that. I ain't got time to bleed. This is the trouble! Let's put a smile on that face. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. So, uh, I'm going to start out with one of the bigger bands here, Venom. Okay. And right. I'm going to, probably wouldn't be a, you know, a lot of Venom's fans' first pick of a song to play, but I'm going to put the song Angel Dust on the playlist. Okay. Because, uh, well, so Angel Dust is basically, it's a slang term for PCP, 
So it's just about drugs. <laughs> okay. uh, pretty lyrically straightforward if you read the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> right. And I mean, just to talk about the album itself, this is from Welcome to Hell. It's their first, the first album. So it, it must have scared the shit out of people because it's, like, it's just so intense. Like, terrible production, though. Sloppy musicianship. <laughs> like, shockingly dark subject matter for the time. But, like, the simplicity of the music and then the energy and the rawness of it is just, it's, in a way, it's, like, beautiful. Hey, yeah, so, that's, that's all you need. If you have, like, the honest emotion comes through. Oh, man, it's just, it's just so, it's just so raw. Like, I, I just love it. it mm -hmm. The whole album is amazing. But, uh, yeah, Angel Dust was my pick for the playlist. Um, and if anything on this list is the antithesis to early 70s stadium rock, then it is. For sure. <laughs> it's this. Yeah, well, from what you've been saying, like, terribly produced, but just incredibly passionate. But, but that gives it so much appeal too right like it gives us so much character i just i love it but uh i mean this track isn't as recognizable as the title track welcome to hell or the song witching hour and some mm -hmm. other songs but i love the frantic insanity of the song and to yeah. a lot of people it probably sounds like pure noise so i definitely give it a few listens before you judge it too hard all right uh well this is gonna be my first listen ever so angel dust let me give this a shot Sounds like they recorded it in like a gymnasium <laughs> with just like one microphone. Uh, and I uh, love that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall of their recording sessions for their first album because it's, it's amazingly horrible. It's like right off the first riff, that's what you get. <laughs> if you can even like find a riff in there, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, right. it's just noise, <laughs> fuzzy noise. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, uh, um, it's intense. Le eh? le legitimately love that because it's not like, like, uh, I, I mean, some well-produced albums, uh, like you listen, or like metal songs, sometimes it doesn't really sound like, uh, it doesn't sound like there's much melody in there, but even in this, yeah. like, you can you can tell there's like a good song in there. Well, once you, <laughs> once you listen to it raw. a few times, once you listen to it a few mm -hmm. times, you actually start to hear the, the guitars better and stuff and start mm -hmm. to actually hear the song at first yeah. it's just it just sounds like like noise like fuzz yeah right? like, i don't know if my description made sense but like as someone who enjoys listening to, to, to metal music like i i love it because it's mm. like it's, it sounds honest yeah i mean man, dumb enough to that i like yeah. angel dust all right on to number two mm -hmm. okay number two is a song by a band called holocaust and the song is death or glory oh so we're gonna slow down a few notches from angel dust because angel dust is like ridiculously fast right. but uh holocaust is a scottish band probably well for sure more well known for the song the small hours because metallica covered it okay but this is my personal favorite holocaust song because i i heard it originally as a cover by a band called six feet under when i was really into death metal back in right. high school don't get me wrong i'm still into death metal but but um, more into it than... but yeah, the, yeah. Uh, six feet under did a great cover of it it's uh right. it's an awesome riff catchy chorus like lyrically pretty sinister but kind of sad and depressing in a way too which is i don't know when you're a teenager listen to this kind of stuff <laughs> that's what you want right a lot of times okay. so. <laughs> all but, right uh, yeah check it out all right death or glory holocaust don't need authority you know i'm not all 
It's a lot more garage rocky. Yeah, it's just like just heavy doom metal kind of. You know, it's it's Holocaust was definitely a different band. A lot of and a lot of the stuff I go for, I'm I'm the kind of guy I like I like stuff when it's like hard and fast and heavy, you know. And but Holocaust just has I don't know they have a unique sound. I really enjoy. Yeah, it's uh it's very deliberate. Mm-hmm. They're not like they're definitely not like a Metallica, but uh that's not a bad thing yeah no we get definitely and i mean i, I want to show the the variety of bands that are coming out of this movement the scene mm-hmm. right? well yeah like versus uh versus the venom song just listen to versus angel dust uh they're a very different song definitely yeah moving on in the in an even yeah. different direction uh song by def leppard it's from their ep okay. before their first album it's called get your rocks off okay uh, it's a great track from def leppard way before they jump to the mainstream uh it's off the cp from 1979 uh before their full length on through the night it's a very guitar driven kind of got a boogie metal feel to it a really fun song lots of energy before joe elliott started bleaching his hair and before their drummer had one arm i guess he still had two arms at this time i believe (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) some great guitar work from steam and steve clark their uh late guitarist and uh one thing i was going to mention about jeff barton but I found a list that Jeff Barton put out of his 10 best new wave of British heavy metal bands. Right. He recommended an album for each band. And the Def Leppard album he recommended was Hysteria. And I just like laughed out loud. Oh, like, no. You've got to be freaking kidding me. Like it's, it's, you know, it's probably their most well-known, well, their biggest selling, most well-known album. But when it comes to musical integrity and, and, and good music, it's not even close. Yeah, but so like that's really Black Album is Metallica's best selling album and like, it's it's okay but but like comparing (laughs) but you can't even compare like like black album to metallica's old stuff it's still not even close to as bad as hysteria is compared to death leopard okay yeah yeah i uh, i I believe you just from the passion that you're (laughs) well i mean don't get me wrong like you know i'm I'm, i'll be at a a bar with a bunch of friends and if like pour some sugar on me comes on we all get hyped up about it but still it's it's garbage but (laughs) yeah it's uh radio metal you know yeah yeah it's just radio fluff right but they yeah they're old yeah. their old stuff is some serious like some good hard rock so mm-hmm. yeah check that out all right so uh get your rocks off which i've learned is g- getcha is one word yeah getcha it's yeah. not get your no no so. getcha <laughs> promising start okay give us a listen This doesn't sound like Death Leopard at all. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, that's not exactly. Yeah. I want to. I want to compare it to someone, but I don't. I don't even know who to compare it to. Like, it's just. It's. It's a completely different band from what they. From what you're used to hearing from Death Leopard, it's all bluesy. It doesn't even sound like them. Yeah, and I mean, for for anybody who hasn't listened to any old Death Leopard, I would highly recommend their second full-length album high and dry which is, is pretty well-known album as well but that's probably got the best combination of yeah. catchy catchy songs and and hard rock that they put out yeah but this song was uh yeah wow it's it it's pretty raw right eh? it's very different yeah. oh i love it though yeah it's, it's, it's great, raw great it's song. not 
It's got a higher production value than Venom. Uh, oh, yeah, well, pretty much, style. I think every song on this list has higher production value than Venom <laughs> by far. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, that's the thing with this new wave of British heavy metal bands is some of them sounded like they recorded in like their mom's basement closet, and some of them yeah. sounded like they had legit recording studios. So there was a huge variation. A big, yeah, quality. but like even like not having the best quality and just having like mm-hmm. the passion for it—that's exactly the kind of culture they're going for. So. Mm-hmm. All right, number f- number four. Let's do it. All right, number four is by a band called Tigers of Pantang, and the song is called Do It Good. It's the first song off their album, Crazy Nights. So th- okay. there's just something I love about this song. It's got this weird, like, halting beat to it at the start, like, well, throughout the whole song, really. Uh, it's, got, it's actually got great production compared to some of the other stuff we're listening to. Uh, above average musicianship and great vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not the heaviest song on this list by a lot, but it's uh, it's got a great beat awesome riff and i don't know the singer's phenomenal great chorus and catchy so, okay uh, uh all right i'll give it a listen sorry i caught i caught the album crazy nights but what, what was the song's name again do it good do it good all right that's a shot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's catchy, eh? I I like it. It's another like very straightforward song. Like it's yeah. very it's very simple but like in a good way. Like they, when it, when it breaks in playing. when the guitar breaks in and like the singer's just belting it out, like his his yeah. voice just sounds amazing in there, I think. Yeah, the drum the drums kind of strike me too. There's a couple of like quick mm-hmm. beats in there that are almost like out of place because they're faster and the guitar is like very simple also this mm-hmm. album cover looks like the old pantera albums <laughs> like with the tiger hey they were there first man it's the tiger's <laughs> swat of the planes yeah i guess so what are you doing pantera stealing art okay <laughs> yeah yeah you're good another another straightforward one all right and on to another straightforward one okay uh, we gotta do, <laughs> do a song by saxon it's called okay. motorcycle man it's off the album Wheels of Steel, which was probably the album that really cemented them as one of the premier new wave of British heavy metal bands. Right. And this is the first track on it, and it starts out fast and heavy, like some great soaring vocals, solo, mm-hmm. lots of energy. Uh, personally, Power and the Glory is still my favorite album of Saxons, but <laughs> okay. but that album, like I'm trying to stick within 78 to 82 range, and uh, Power and the Glory came out after. Okay. So, so Wheels of Steel was. I'd say because it came before and it was probably their best album before Power and the Glory, as far as I'm right. concerned. Okay. Uh, Motorcycle Man, Saxon.
what I'll say is like uh, you said like one of the one of the things that they were sort of uh, like all these bands were were going by was like anyone could be a band doesn't matter mm-hmm. your talent but all of the singers are really good and like confident and they've all got that like Judas well, Priesty vibe because it's all very like grand. You gotta remember I'm I'm not playing the really obscure stuff but there are. Oh, okay. I mean, so, these, these are the these ones are, I roast to the top. Okay. These are the songs that I like, which are, a lot of them are by a lot of the better bands from that scene. Right. As far as I'm concerned. But I, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of other bands that aren't on this list that are also very mm-hmm. good. But there are a lot of bands that aren't as good. As yeah. Well, well, it was like, aside from uh, maybe Venom, although you can't, really, <laughs> you can't really hear it, and then Death Leopard, uh, like the guitar is very simple. Mm-hmm. So you can see where it's like, okay, there's probably like one guy that's amazing. And then the other guys are just they're really passionate <laughs> yeah well there was de- there's definitely some great guitarists that came out of the scene like just because yeah just because the, the idea was that anybody could make a band doesn't mean that there wasn't some great talented musicians that were in there okay the, the, like this this one is another like similar one but the drums kind of i'm very impressed by the drums yeah it's a, it's a good album wheels of steel is a good like solid album mm-hmm. uh number six i yep. cannot do i can't do this list without an iron maiden song Okay. So, but I I like to make it clear that when I talk about new wave of British heavy metal, I stick mostly with Paul Diano Iron Maiden. So pre Bruce Dickinson. Oh, okay. So they had, they had two albums before Bruce Dickinson, and I, I suppose you could probably count Number of the Beast right at the tail end. But because Bruce Dickinson started out in the scene with Samson, and Iron Maiden started out with a different singer, uh, I'll take okay. an I'll, I'll take a song from their second album. The song is called Murders in the Rue Morgue. It's off Killers. And I, like I said, I had to put an Iron Maiden song on here, arguably being the most important band to come out of that scene, at least yeah. metal-wise, even though Def Leppard had like a lot of commercial success. Hmm. But uh, there are two albums with Paul Diano. It was self-titled and then Killers. They're awesome albums. Like For how young they are and how early they came out, they like great songwriting, great musicianship. There's a reason that Iron Maiden made it as far as they did. Yeah, and are still touring and selling and, out and, stadiums. Yeah. Like still yeah. around, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So this this song starts out real slow with just some guitar and some the bass kicks in, and then uh, it just turns into a fast high energy rocker uh, lyrically based on Edgar Allan Poe's classic murder mystery. And uh, oh, okay. then yeah, after this album, Bruce Dickinson would leave Samson and join Maiden. Okay, so pre Bruce Dickinson uh, Iron Maiden. I don't think I've listened to any pre Bruce Dickinson Iron Maiden. So they're both a... solid albums. All right, so, uh, murders recommend. in the room work. All right. Like right away, it's kind of like okay, Iron Maiden is sort of a notch above them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like just just like musically, like right away it gets going. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, there's a reason that they kind of. Well, and, and oh yeah, the drums. Musically, good. all the musicians in that band are are yeah, like they're all good at what they do. Right? There's no there's no Sid Vicious sitting in Iron Maiden. Yeah, right. Pretending to play like, his bass. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this just by virtue of like being around you. I used like to play I'm, it a lot. 
it sounds yeah. very familiar to me. Yeah, I had Killers on on vinyl and on cassette. Oh, so yeah. So sorry. What was the first singer's name again? Uh, Paul Diano. Paul Diano. Uh, he's got um, like Bruce Dickinson's a very recognizable singer. So he's yeah. he's got a little more of a I'd say generic, like not bad, but just yeah. like well, sort Bruce of less Dickinson, identifiable. Bruce Dickinson had like a way bigger range too. Yeah, like he's just a very very good singer. Like so a what, technically what better singer. What happened with this first guy? Uh. They, I believe they just decided that Bruce Dickinson was a better singer, which is 100% true. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tough to find someone who's better than him. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll do we'll do a podcast on Iron Maiden at some point yeah. and, and go through the whole story about that. Number seven is by a band called Angel Witch, and drum roll please, the song is Angel Witch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so very, Angel very Witch best, guys here. Angel Witch's best song. Angel Witch. <laughs> do you consider Bad Company's best song Bad Company? Uh, do the same thing. Maybe actually, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I like and also Blitzkrieg's best song is Blitzkrieg. <laughs> there you go. Side note on this album, they have Angel Witch and they have a song called White Witch and they have a song called Angel of Death. So they've worked it into three different things there. That's so, I don't know. These guys are just lazy. Yeah, like yeah. you have to try to get that in there. Uh, all right, Angel. Angel Witch. Angel Witch is even though the band didn't really go much further than this. This is mm. the, really the only album they put out, at least back then, anyway. And uh, this is the best song on it. Uh, uh, I also gonna note the album cover. It's like a, it's almost like biblical. I love it. Yeah, it's it's, like it's a really cool album cover. Yeah. Yeah. If you can look this, look up the Angel Witch album, Angel Witch. It it, it seems it's like, like an these guys. painting. These guys had like a lot of promise and just kind of just kind of fell through on them. But the song is characterized by the uh, I would call it organized chaos of the opening guitar and uh, <laughs> okay. the the famously anthemic chorus. So it's like a chorus that everyone sings to when they play live. Right. Okay. Uh, it's a wicked track. Uh, they didn't, never really did accomplish much, but this pretty solid debut album and definitely this track is like very recognizable as coming out of the new wave of British heavy metal. All right, let me uh, experience this. Organized chaos is the, <laughs> the right word for it. <laughs> yeah, I thought when I wrote that down, I'm like, that's exactly, exactly. That's definitely, I don't know. There's no other way to describe it. Yeah. There's one guy just. <laughs> it just seems um, like he's just barely keeping it under control. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. But it is. It is, but just barely. It's almost for a second, it sounds like they're almost playing different songs, but they keep it within. It's, I, it's, yeah. It still sounds good, but yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's like he's losing control of his hands. It's almost like it's just about to fall out, just completely fall apart, but they just hold together and finish the song. But the, the chorus is great. Very catchy and anthemic. Mm -hmm. All right. Number eight. Is this is eight the last one or did you eight, go? Eight is our last one. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll stick, keep it to eight. So. Okay. Cool. Number eight. We're going to do a song from Diamond Head. A song called Helpless. Right. So it was, it was hard for me to single out one song from Diamond Head because their first album was really good. 
but I have a soft spot for this song because it was one of my favorite covers that Metallica did off their Garage Days re-revisited cassette because I used to right. listen to it all the time. And uh, I just I I love the riff and I love the build up of the chorus and there's like three at least three different parts of the song that sound different but amazing. It's a really right. long song. It's like a seven minute song. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good one. Okay, helpless, Diamond Head. Gotta be fine. Gotta be right. You set me alive. Help me now. I'm coming out. I can see the band from all the way. Looks so right. Feels so tight. Oh. So I think this is the roughest one since since Venom. Like it's still it's not like bad production, but you can tell this one's a little more garage y at least. But uh again, like the the singer, I don't know the the name of the guy. I know that they're kind of famous for him, right? Uh, yeah, I think his name's like Sean Harris or something. Okay. But, but he's like, like Harris. he's uh again got he's got that range. He's got yeah. that like similar range to like Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, they were pretty well known for his for his singing. Mm-hmm. But the the whole band ended up being fairly accomplished. So they they're they're pretty good musicians and they wrote some, some great songs. Yeah, but, it's like a it's a solid like the music itself is good, but he's kind of like carrying it because his voice is yeah. very, very good. Oh, yeah, he definitely stands out as the focal point of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Diamond Head's most well known song would be Am I Evil, which right. I'm sure you've heard. Metallica yeah, did. I off the top of my head, I I wouldn't be able to sing it for you, but well, I was yeah, that's the one I've heard of. <laughs> You, oh, you want me to sing it? Is that what you no, said? No, Do you want me to? <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it for the playlist. Cool. Uh, I just wanted to mention, so this scene, there's uh, so many great bands, so many great albums and songs that came out of this scene. I really had to limit my playlist, and I tried to keep it between 1978 to 1982, but I will make up a much more comprehensive Spotify playlist to better represent the scene and, and go... <laughs> okay. And go past 82, because there's, there's a bunch of really good stuff from, like, 83 even. Uh, and, and even a bunch of stuff from 78 to 82 that I wasn't able to put on the list. So uh, we will put up a link later on in the show notes for okay. um, a bigger Spotify playlist to kind of encompass all of that. Okay, so, so you can do it justice. Yeah, yeah or try to anyway. Yeah. I mean, hard to do it justice, but I'll do my best. Better than this eight songs, you know. Sounds good. All right. I guess that's it for the, the playlist. Did you have any news that uh, happened? Probably just news related to what we talked about today is Iron Maiden actually came out with a new album just recently called Senjutsu. Oh, and, sweet. Uh, it's got okay. some good tracks on it. I was uh, checking it out the other day. So if anybody wants to give that a listen, it's it's available. Awesome. Like hold, holding up for a band that's been around as long as they have? Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I There's a few songs in there I really like. So uh, definitely like, worth a listen. Sure. All right. Uh, Senjutsu, I guess. Give it a yeah. give it a listen. And a couple of just just for just to uh, recommend a couple of books based on on the subject matter. So as I mentioned before, that book Wheels of Steel. It's uh, the explosive early years of the new wave of British heavy metal by Martin Popoff. Is a right. it's a good book for lots of cool qu- quotes from guys who were around back then. And uh, apparently, there's another book called The New Wave of British Heavy Metal Encyclopedia, which is really good, but I haven't been able to get it yet. But uh, that's another one that's on my radar. So, cool. If anybody's interested in some additional resources to read into this more. Cool. All right. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the, and those um, those book titles will be in the show notes too. Oh yeah. If you uh, want to check them oh, out. Oh, the encyclopedia is by Malk McMillan. But yeah, it'll be in the show notes. Cool. All right. 
that is going to do it for this episode of The Heavy. So, yeah, see the show notes for the list of songs you heard uh, and those books that he recommended will be in there. And then be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave us a star rating. Our website is theheavy.ca. You can email us at theheavypod at gmail.com. And then follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Actually, we're on Facebook now, too. At The Heavy Pod for all those. Our show is edited by Ian Sutherland. Andrew does all the research. Rob Sutherland designed our logo, and our theme song is Stallions of the Highway by Savage Blade. I'm your host, Don Sutherland. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again in two weeks. Later.